Hey, everybody. Welcome to Future Nonprofit. Uh, I'm Ted Vaughn, the host, and we have a special episode. Uh, first, want to say I hope you had a great end of 2023 and are enjoying 2024. Uh, we are in the first few weeks of 2024 and uh, cannot wait to see where the nonprofit world takes us and where this podcast goes with a great series of guests coming up in our second season. Today, we have Mark Miller, my partner at Historic, our producer at Future Nonprofit, and we're going to talk about nine trends that nonprofit leaders need to be aware of in 2024. These trends come from our work at Historic Agency and also from the incredible guests that we've spoken with in season one of Future Nonprofit, which all those episodes are available at Future Nonprofit. So if you haven't listened to them, man, recommend going back and listening to all those incredible episodes. But today, let's dive into nine trends that nonprofit leaders need to be aware of in 2024 with Mark Miller. Trend number one, is a focus on service design. Mark, talk to us about what service design is and why it relates to nonprofits. Yeah, so service design or human-centered service design is really the focus on being intentional about designing the experience and all the interactions and touch points a customer might have with your business. And so this is something that big retailers and other companies use. And so what we're seeing is more and more nonprofits get really, really intentional about those same things and start adopting that same methodology to design the experience or the service that your donors experience when they're giving and what it looks like to be in relationship with your nonprofit. It sounds like something for big nonprofits, right? This concept of human-centered design, this all sounds like it's for really large nonprofits. What if I'm a small nonprofit? Does this relate to me? Do I do anything with this? Yeah, it's for really all nonprofits of all sizes. So you may not have a big budget to, to spend and bring in an agency to help fine tune everything. But what you, you can do is that you're just with your own team, or if you're solo, is to look at what are some of those touch points and how can I make them more enjoyable for the donor? Can I sit in their shoes and look at, okay, how would I receive this email notification? When do I get a, a call? How is someone talking to me when I'm getting that call? What is something that I might experience in a thank you email. So as an example, just with a thank you email, you can create an animated GIF that goes in it or use an existing animated GIF that goes in it. And that would be a reflection of your brand's personality and be show more intention in the design of that service or experience. So human-centered design, aka service design, is essentially having increased empathy and awareness for those that you're most trying to engage and crafting an experience, which is why we use the word design. And you're saying it applies to anybody, to any nonprofit at any point in their journey. Yeah, and it's a trend that is going to be dominant in even the nonprofit space in 2024 because more and more people are embracing this important concept. It helps retain donors. So if you think about it from a, any customer experience that you've had, a relationship you have with a, a for-profit or nonprofit, the better the experience, the more likely you're going to go back and become a repeat customer or a repeat donor. And so as retention becomes more and more a need and it's something that becomes top of mind for nonprofit leaders, this is a great way to focus on how do we retain more of those donations that come in or those donors. Love it. So trend number one, a focus an increased focus on service design. Trend number two would be nonprofits investing in brand marketing. Keyword there, brand. 
Mark, talk to us about the difference between traditional marketing and brand marketing. Yeah, so brand marketing is you basically advertising or communicate, communicating or marketing the values, the personality, who the brand is and what it stands for over the specific offer or program or product. So as an example, Coca-Cola and McDonald's run ads all the time. But most of the ads that you see for those companies aren't for specific sales or specific products. They're about the experience. They're about what McDonald's is or what Coca-Cola is. So even Liquid Death, which we have an episode uh, with their nonprofit lead here on the on season one, they focus primarily on brand marketing and content marketing, where they essentially are making entertaining videos that are reflective of their personality and who they are and what they stand for more than they are like, hey, we have this new flavor of sparkling water. Come check it out and buy it. It's on sale at Albertsons or Safeway or something. Yeah, I mean, even the the brand Dove, right? We were talking about this yesterday. It's a, it's a skincare line with a ton of different products, but their brand marketing never talks about their products. It focuses on the experience associated with their broader brand which right. compels you to partake in their products. And in their in their case, it's really interesting is they focus on the problems that are ripe in their industry or the adjacent industries around beauty and skincare and mental health and all of that. And so they aren't saying that their product is a solution, but they are taking the side of people who are feeling the pressure of those stereotypical things, which associates their brand with this, this good, right? And they call that campaign true beauty. And so we see brands or nonprofit brands really stepping up and starting to do this, specifically, again, going back to the need to retain and acquire new donors. What has been popular in the past is nonprofits fundraise around projects, which is great. But then when the project ends, it gets harder to retain that donor because then they just want to give to another project. So how do we attract donors who want to give to the general fund and to the organization as a whole. And that is really investing in the brand side and the marketing of the brand more right. so than the necessarily the specific offer. And if you get that right, like the classic example of Patagonia, you go to Patagonia to find products you resonate with because you love the brand so much beyond a specific product you want. You just want something with Patagonia's label on it because you so resonate with Patagonia. Imagine if nonprofits had the same mindset. I so love what this nonprofit is doing. I want to find something to give to versus giving to a specific person or project because I love mm -hmm. them and the brand is periphery or secondary. Totally. All right. Nonprofit trend number three, disruptive messaging. Two keywords, disruptive messaging. Mark, put them together for us. Why is that a trend? Well, so we think this is going to be a trend in 2024 because of the election year. And as you know, AI becomes generative for content creation and content marketing, you have, you know, each presidential campaign is on track to spend more than a billion dollars in advertising, not to mention all the other companies that are just going to advertise, generally speaking. And with politics comes this disruptive or really contentious positioning, right? I'm, I, we all kind of go to our corners more so and, and are, are become more argumentative and dogmatic. And so the thing is, how do we, how do we stand out in this massive noise, right? Whether you're a big or small nonprofit, social media is a way that you attract donors and attention and, and market. And 
social media is going to be full of all kinds of crazy things this year, more so than in the past year. So the way that you cut through that is really being more disruptive. And what's interesting about that is we know from a psychological standpoint, a lot of first time donors to a new cause have to be disrupted before giving to a nonprofit. And so it actually lines up with the psychology around what donors need to feel and experience to really embrace a cause and have more empathy and, and move out of apathy. And so to, to do that, nonprofits are going to have to come up with new ways to talk about things and be disruptive in their messaging. And it's interesting because often disruptive means some sort of like unhelpful, provocative. It, it, disruptive could simply be utilizing humor in a way that your nonprofit totally. has never utilized humor, right? It's doing something to get attention to cut through the noise because there's going to be so much provocative messaging. We can't play by the same business as usual messaging practices. Right. And a good example of that, I think, in the nonprofit space is in our first episode of season one, Hannah Song from Liberty North Korea mentions they, they actually use humor in their YouTube videos. And what their cause is, is liberating um, people from North Korea, the people of North Korea, from their oppressive government and relocating them in other countries around the world. And we know that there's massive famine in North Korea, that people are dying, that they're punished multi-generationally in labor camps and worse. And yet they found a way to use humor to, again, be disruptive in that and to change the view of, of what people think about North Korea and the North Korean people. Trend number four is trained AI models. So AI is all the rage. Everybody's talking about AI. It feels a little 2023, uh, but I don't think it's going away. Mark, what are trained AI models and why do nonprofit leaders need to take AI more seriously in the years ahead? Well, I think AI is now getting to the point where every nonprofit can use it. So it was great in 2023, the beginning of 23, AI, AI, AI. But how do we tangibly use it in workflows, no matter the size of nonprofit we are? And unless you were using you know, specific enterprise level software that was immediately integrating it, it was hard to figure out outside of help me write a subject line or help me write an email. And even that it wasn't really great at, right? And so what we're now seeing is it's really, really easy to train an AI model. And so think about taking all of your most successful email appeals, direct mail appeals, social media posts, all of your values, all of your program material, and put it into a model and have it trained on that content. It can now then be more accurate to help you produce content that might be helpful. The same is with data. You could provide data sets to it now and see, okay, how much do I need to be raising for a year-end match? Or how much would this donor potentially give based on its giving history? Now that we can train AI models off the shelf, I think there's a lot of potential for nonprofits to use trained AI models in growing their fundraising. And, and let's make it really simple. You're using the word model, AI model, what is a model? How do I get started? What, where do I even dump my data? What does that even mean? Yeah, so I guess uh, you, you could also say trained GPT. So ChatGPT, which is the most popular platform right now, has the ability for you to create a custom GPT where you can upload PDFs of all kinds of sizes. And, and it will make a custom GPT based on the content that you submit to it. So it's, it's using that. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. There is large language models, which is the chat GPT platform. There's other types of AI models that are emerging. And so it will be interesting to see, but what we're saying is, okay, can we take one of those models like 
ChatGPT and make a custom version of it that's specific to our data set, our knowledge base, what we knew as an organization, what our values are, how we talk, and then get more out of it that's more accurate, that's more specific to our brand. And the primary advantage, as I see it, is the ability to produce content faster. We all are in this content game, and often the the barrier to content is just sitting down, thinking about what to write, creating it, getting it started, then editing it. With a tool like that, you can create something in one-fifth the time and then edit it and have it out a lot faster than ever before. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah. I mean, what we're saying is like, hey, let's not get into an arms race for SEO and just put out all kinds of junk content by training a trained AI model, right? Specific on all of the things that are related to your organization is going to help you save time, right? And then that time can be reallocated to things that we think are more important, like actually cultivating relationships human to human in your development department, right? So like, how do I spend more time on the phone or more time face-to-face because I'm spending less time writing or less time doing something else? It can also help help in analysis and analytics and predictive modeling. And so there's different ways you can use it, but the easiest off-the-shelf way I think is in the content space using Mm -hmm. the large language model. And uh, it's way more accessible now. So we're gonna see more and more nonprofits train AI to their specific needs. Okay, so we are walking through nine critical trends for nonprofit leaders to be aware of in 2024. We just talked about trained AI models as number four. Number five is close to my heart, an investment, maybe a greater investment in employee experiences. So we wrote a book, Mark and I, called Culture Built My Brand. Uh, It was originally Culture Ate My Brand, but we wanted to make it a little bit more positive. So the intersection of brand strategy and culture is really important to us. Mark, talk about what employee experiences are and why they matter, especially to nonprofits. Yeah, so most recent research shows between 65 and 67%, I believe, in 2023, 65, 67% of nonprofit employees were considering switching jobs. And so employee retention this year is is going to be the talk of the town. And as cost of living continues to increase, it's, it's going to put more and more pressure on that. And so we really are seeing nonprofits even today and in, in the back half of 2023 invest in the employee experience or what also is called employee branding, meaning what is the, what is it like to work at your organization? Can I work from home? Can I, do I have flexibility? Are there training options? What does vacation look like? Are there any other specific perks, gym memberships, or we do something called travel pizza, where if you travel for work, the first night we buy pizza for your family at home or take out, you know, whatever um, you like. So investing in that experience so that while nonprofits don't always have the ability to be super competitive and pay, they can be more flexible, more creative in other areas of the employee experience than maybe a corporation. And so we think we're going to see more and more or uh, nonprofits invest in the employee experience to retain employees through the next two years. And it's even more critical for the nonprofit space to get that right, because I think there's this trend to just presume on the mission and the missional alignment our staff have. And in that presumption, we just let them work and work and burn out and overwork without really acknowledging or rewarding or, or giving credit to their efforts. 
Uh, and that one two punch of working for mm-hmm. less pay than standard, but then also being presumed upon, man, it leads to burnout in the nonprofit space at a far greater rate than we see in the corporate America space. So if anybody oh, has right. to get this type of thing right, it's the nonprofit space. Trend number six of nine donor personalization and customization. What the heck is that? Yeah, so a lot of nonprofits are already doing this. We think we're in a in a moment in time culturally where donors are expecting this and it's going to be a turnoff where they're not experiencing it. And so going beyond the like, hey, let's use your first and last name in a merge field to tr- like actual personalization and customization that you would see that Amazon uses. So it, when I go to Amazon, I don't get a homepage full of whatever they want to sell me. I get stuff specific th- to me that they think that I want to buy. That level of personalization and customization is almost standard in every other human experience that we have with brands and companies, with the exception of nonprofits. I still get email receipts that aren't custom to what I gave and what my interests are to a nonprofit. Most of the communication I get is not customized to my interests and how I started giving and what I gave to. And so we think that, again, donor retention is going to be key for the next few years um, as giving continues to decline, I should say, number of donors decline in the in the space. How do we retain the ones that we have and create better experiences? Part of that is going to be customization. So send me if you're sending me an email newsletter, don't send me an email newsletter, the same one that everyone else gets customize it with the content that makes sense based on what I gave to you or what I'm what I'm looking at on your website. And a lot of email platforms have the ability to to do this. It's a little bit more effort on the nonprofit side. And then more advanced donor management systems have ways to do this like Virtuous and others. And so this is really something that nonprofits need to to start investing in as a table stake instead of a nice to have. Mark, I would imagine there's a continuum of customization and personalization where, you know, if you're a new nonprofit, this is all brand new to you. What what are the baby steps, the the things to consider doing just right now? And then what are some of the more sophisticated, complex applications of this idea? Yeah. So the the like basic is like most people use MailChimp. So when someone gives to a project as an example, tag them specific to that project. So say if you're an NGO and they gave to a well, you can tag them with well. And if they gave to that well that was in India, you can tag them with India. And now you can go back and when you when you create content, you can look at sending content specific to that group of people with that are for wells and that are giving to projects in India or Africa or wherever, right? And so that's a basic way of doing it. More advanced donor management systems will have ways for you to add those tags and then kind of pull content based on content with the same tag, right? So thinking of like, we have one one newsletter where everyone gets one article that's from the CEO and then the following three articles are customized based on my giving preference would be an example of more a more advanced way of doing that. All right, trend number seven of nine, casual and social giving. So giving that is both casual and social. Mark, connect the dots on casual and social giving. Yeah, so this is actually probably my favorite trend that we're seeing that in casual giving is I'm, I'm moved emotionally and I'm going to make a one-time gift. And what's what's great about this is this kind of has always happened in the past, but the tools have made it a lot easier for people to 
to give and to reach people who might be moved emotionally to make a one-time gift. And so where we're seeing a lot of success in this is using influencers on the internet to inspire their audience to make a one-time gift using really simple tools like Venmo, which is really funny because a lot of accounting departments and nonprofits don't want to use Venmo, but we've seen it bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars. And But they're one-time gifts, right? And so you have to find way, creative ways to cultivate those people. And it's really difficult. But at the end of the day, it's people hearing about your cause and, and getting them to financially give. And, and that's a win, right? The social giving is really, I want to be part of a larger community that this community says something about me i want to be connected with these like-minded people and so i'm going to give so we see this in the past traditionally as uh peer-to-peer but i think as monthly giving programs become more branded and experiential as again these simple tools whether it's venmo or others that allow us to, to give more casually i can see that friend has given i want to give too because i want to be in that type of community. So we think this is going to continue to grow and the nonprofits who leverage this successfully are going to be picking up revenue that other nonprofits are driving by because it it doesn't fit in the nice box set by accounting or development, but it's a, it's a huge opportunity. It's interesting now that we're on trend number seven of nine to start seeing the interplay between these because one of the ways that you begin to I think cultivate casual and social giving is by having a brand centric message and then totally. by using customization and personalization to help highlight the aspects of that brand that most resonate with donors and now becoming almost like a lifestyle brand as a nonprofit. Right. And yeah, I think, I think there's a relationship between these that really begin to, I think, shape what the future of nonprofit marketing, branding, and donor development looks like. Yeah, for sure. And nonprofits that become lifestyle brands are going to be able to retain donors longer, I think, than traditional approaches. And it's so interesting to me because I, I can hear people thinking, oh, AI and personalization and targeting and lifestyle brands, you know, we're, we're the nonprofit space. We're missional. We care about the world and they're just trying to manipulate you to sell products. Just really quickly before we move on to our last two trends, just kind of close the gap for me between people that might be thinking this is all stuff from the corporate space that the nonprofit space shouldn't be applying or worrying about. Yeah, well, I would I usually push back and say, do you want someone to have a lifestyle of buying more goods or saving the world? Right. Like those are the what do I what do I my personal identity as a consumer or a donor? What do I want it to be? And you have an opportunity to influence that. Right. And there's a new generation, a younger generation of donors who who really don't see themselves, I think, as much a donor as they do generous and wanting to stand for certain values. And so their contribution to your legal nonprofit or homeless shelter or you know fill in the blank is an expression of the injustice that they want to fight and their perception of themselves uh, of being that you know the the fight fighter for justice and equality in the world. Um, and not giving them handles to wave the banner, to wear the shirt, to to say that's who I am is a is a missed opportunity, not just for giving, but for them to continue to grow in their thinking around what should the world ought to be versus, well, 
maybe just buying Patagonia or spending money on Instagram right. and Pinterest is a better way, right? Like there's a better story for their life when they are contributing at a deep level for a specific cause. And, you know, 10 years ago, and certainly beyond that, lifestyle brands were selling lifestyle. It was essentially vanity. It was product play. It was now philanthrocapitalism. Lifestyle brands are selling mission, right? You need to right. buy our product because we're helping change the world. From liquid death to Tesla to Ben and Jerry's to Tom's <laughs> shoes, the idea of changing the world is no longer uh, uniquely owned and managed by the nonprofit space. The entire universe of brands are getting on that bandwagon, which means nonprofits have to begin to cut through the noise of the entire world of brand and not just operate as a niche thing that has attention based on the nature of its niche thing. Right. So it's it's moving beyond that, moving beyond this this niche and showing up as we're just not a we're not a nonprofit that just drills wells. We are a nonprofit that believes that access to clean water is a human right and that right. human rights go beyond just what we say is in the constitution in the United States or whatever, whatever normalization that's in your country or context that they, they are beyond that and that we stand up for those. And that's, that's a different way of looking at it. And, and like you said, companies are selling that for-profit companies are selling that. Why not nonprofits? All right. We're in our final two trends for 2024. Trend number eight, is the speed of decision-making. And Mark, I'm assuming that this is a trend because the speed needs to increase, not decrease. Yeah. Right, yeah. So we're, we're talking uh, increasing the speed of decision-making is what we're seeing. And this is a reaction to, I think, COVID, the realization that culture can change on a dime, that the world can change completely without you, you know, having any plan for it. And so can we develop a muscle that helps us make decisions more quickly. And if you've been in the nonprofit industry for any amount of time, you'll realize decision-making typically is slower than it is in the for-profit world. And those nonprofits who have learned how to speed up decision-making have been able to be agile enough to capitalize on opportunities that legacy nonprofits haven't been able to. And it, I think it's going to be a really interesting time to see the one, the legacy nonprofits that turn the turn the ship and ad adjust to these new working behaviors that are needed to really make impact in culture and society, and these new startups that are doing it from the ground up, and how they are going to shift the landscape of influence in the nonprofit sector and the for profit sector because of the their ability to be innovative and make real impact in ways that we haven't seen before in the past. And I would just point back to the work we do at Historic Agency. Often with the nonprofit clients we serve, the the primary point of failure in almost anything we're doing goes back to an inability or a lack of clarity around decision-making. Who makes what decision? How are decisions made? When a decision's made? How do we communicate it and cascade it? <clears throat> Whether it's embracing AI or it's innovating, or it's taking a new risk, or it's a lot of these trends talk about embracing new disruptive ideas for the sake of the cause. If decision-making is unclear, broken, or just not working well, 
everything else lowers with that thing. Decision-making is a critical component to your culture, to your nonprofit. We have to be really healthy and clear about how decisions get made. We are on trend number nine. Cue the drum roll. <laughs> Last one. The last trend for 2024 is one that probably has been a trend on every list of every year for the last 10 years, and that is personal stories. Mark, why are we closing with personal stories? Why is that a critical trend to continue focusing on in 2024? Yeah. So when we say personal stories, a lot of nonprofits focus on stories of impact, the people they're serving, how their lives are changed, and sending that to donors, and donors get emotional and and are inspired and give. But we what we are seeing is that because everyone does that, it's be actually becoming not necessarily less effective, but less relatable in the sense that donors get moved, but it they're not pictured in that. It's hard for them to picture themselves in that story. Even though they give money and you can say, you, you look at the change that you made, the reality is, is that it's hard, right? And so again, going back to this realization that donor retention needs to be a higher priority in all nonprofits. What we're suggesting is that occasionally we're using stories from the people, the staff, the founder, uh, their personal stories of why they're serving, the impact it's making in their personal life, and why they're committed to this cause. And that is easier for a donor to relate to than someone living in a far off country in a context that they have no understanding for what they do understand is being moved by something so passionately having this holy discontent that you feel like you have to do something about it and then by doing something about it how has it changed your own personal life that is something that everyone i think can relate to there's a piece in there that people can see themselves and i think we're going to see more and more of that to help again engage donors and we're super excited about this we think this is going to be a big game changer in ways that nonprofits really haven't thought about. All right. So those were our nine trends of focus on service design. Number one, number two, nonprofits investing in brand marketing. Number three, disruptive messaging, cutting through the increasing white noise. Number four, trained AI models. What if you could make a custom chat GPT that understands your content, your voice, your tone? How much quicker could you produce content? Number five, an investment in employee experiences because the employees that run our nonprofits have never been more critical and retention is becoming not only a problem, but a huge opportunity for nonprofits to leverage to their advantage. Number six, donor personalization and customization operating more like Amazon. Number seven, casual and social giving. Number eight, increasing the speed of decision-making. And number nine, personal stories, stories where donors can see themselves and can relate to the stories differently than they have been able to in the past. If you want to learn more about these nine or read more, go to makehistoric.com slash insights. This article and multiple other resources and tools live there, makehistoric.com slash insights. And as always, subscribe to the Future Nonprofit Podcast, share this with a friend, and we look forward to season two and all of the amazing guests we'll have coming up. And if you've missed any of the, I think, Mark, how many, 11 episodes in season one? Yeah, 11. If you've missed any of the 11, go back and listen to them because in my opinion, every one of them had amazing nuggets, amazing 
I think, talent and incredible leaders doing incredible things in season one of the Future Nonprofit Podcast. So thanks for listening, Mark. Thanks for being a guest and for all your incredible wisdom and insight. And we'll hopefully see all of you in the weeks ahead. Take care. 